0: Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu/events/crisis-management-symposium. This is the Bartholomew Town podcast. So you've had a really interesting sort of upbringing inside the the world of activism. You know, as I was reading your bio, it's like you were you were out there pretty early and that must have been a really interesting experience because, I mean, you see very young people at protests or in political environments for sure. But it sounds like based on your bio, you were kind of really on the front lines from an early age.
1: Yeah, um the first protest that I went to was a protest of the Gulf War when I was about six years old. Um and I was lucky to um grow up in a very politically involved family um that cared a lot about justice and peace. Um and and I'm um, making the world survivable for everyone. Um, and that's definitely what the values that I carry into my scholarship uh, and my continued activism today.
0: That's it's so important you use that word because a lot of times we talk about the survival of the human species on different issues. And, you know, I'm not convinced that everybody really understands exactly how serious that that really is.
1: Absolutely. Um, we certainly all need to be very serious about the existential threat of climate change. But then more specifically for trans people, these um, these anti-trans bills are really a matter of life and death. Um, for young people um, who are just trying to get the health care they need, um, we know that... Um, Basic gender affirmation, uh, just someone. I'm um, using your pronouns uh, reduces suicide risk amongst young people. Um, and we also know that the levels of violence against trans people, particularly trans Black women, are astronomical and growing. Um, so this is really. A matter of life and death for our community. And we're working together to just try to help each other survive.
0: We're speaking with Dr. Joy Ellison of the University of Rhode Island. And you know, the the topic really, as it was sort of initially discussed was your work exploring transgender movements in research in the classroom. But we're in a moment right now where, I don't know, some of the, it's just the world right now in general, you know, it's, it's a very volatile place, obviously. I mean, that's as basic a statement as you can get, but man, it seems like there are some people who not only want to bury their heads in the sand, but they really want to dismantle the world for anybody who's not just like them. So for the, anyone who's an other to them, there's this broad movement and it's, it's reflected in everything from banning books or attempting to ban books in schools to just dead naming people, whatever the case is. And even just in a level of ignorance uh, type of, of approach that, I mean, just on a day-to-day basis, you come across, um, at least I do, in what you would think would be fairly you know, plugged in intellectual circles. So let's get right into the heart of the matter here. Your work in this very important space and your own life experience, where are we right now in terms of the the the, the movement towards true equality for transgender folks, for non-binary folks, for anybody in really the LGBTQAI 2S plus movement or... Uh, and, and I say movement because I that includes folks of that designation and their allies. Where are we right now in terms of from your standpoint actual equal rights? How far away are we from that moment?
1: Um, I love that you include the word uh, movement, um, because that's really uh, where we are and where we've been for a very long time. Um, the LGBTQ2IA plus movement um, um, has a long history, which is what my work is focused on, and trans people have Always been at the heart of that struggle. Um, And the fact that we're not necessarily in the history books says more about um, people's assumptions than about what even the historical record has to say. But to really answer your question, you know, it's a very, I find it a very confusing time period um, because so many things are much easier um, in my daily life than they were um, when I was growing up. Um, even than they were 10 years ago. But we're also in a moment um, in which um, the backlash against all the progress that queer and trans people have made is really, really intense um, and genuinely correlates um, with um, a rise in organized racism um, and, and a rise in what I would call um, fascist politics. So as you're saying, we are now in a fight for the most basic, um, basic rights um, that we that some of us have taken for granted for a very long time. And that's the right to um, to check out books from the library um, and for trans people, um, the right to um, go to the doctor and get the health care that we need uh, and also just um, walk down the street. Um, without being arrested for simply being in public, because that's really what's at stake um, with what are called anti-drag laws. Um, I work historically on what the impact of laws like that have been. In the past, they were called anti-cross-dressing laws, Uh, but they amount to a very, very similar framework. And because we have a history of understanding Um, trans people, particularly trans women and particularly black trans women through the lens of drag, um, we now are going to see these laws that are written incredibly broadly um, applied trans people who are just going about our daily life. Um, And that's already something that the community is concerned about, that we talk about. We talk about walking while trans, Um, and that's been a term that we use um, for decades um, just to discuss um, the level of harassment that trans people, particularly, as I said, trans people of color, experience just trying to be in normal public space, um, in our daily lives, and right now there are a lot of people who really want to exile us from normal life.
0: It's horrifying. I mean, it's really that simple when you when you break it down. We these anti drag laws. I mean, I think of Tennessee where it, where it popped up most recently. How vast are these? Where, where, where are these taking place? I've never really researched what, which states, which cities, where this is happening. We feel a little bit isolated here in the Northeast, I suppose, where it's a, certainly more progressive as a whole than other parts of the country. But laws like that that would make it at some level either illegal or make it dangerous, which in some ways it certainly already is, to walk as a trans person. How far away are we from that on a broad level? Where is this taking place right now in terms of a statewide or regional basis?
1: That's an excellent question. Um, So the ACLU has been tracking um, over 450 um, anti-LGBT and mostly anti-trans laws. Um, and um, I can't tell you exactly um, where where all of the anti-drag laws are because it changes so rapidly. Um, but as you said, they tend to be very broadly um, written. Um, for example, um, I did a lot of research on Ohio um, because that's where um, I did my Ph.D., um, and Ohio's proposed um, anti-drag um, law is written um, to restrict anyone who um, appears um, on in in a performance um, in a um, outfit and in a manner that is not in accordance with their gender assigned at birth. Um, so that is intended to target drag performers specifically, Uh, but it's written so broadly um, that it could be applied to any trans person. And what I, I suspect we're going to see if this law is passed is litigation about what constitutes a performance um, and um, that could be uh, as simple as walking in a pride parade. Mm. Um, but also, um, as you said, this should be of interest to everyone because, you know, drag is a mainstream part of U.S. culture. Um, we Tyler Perry has made his career doing family-friendly drag performances. Um, we've got Shakespeare. Plenty of people who are not queer or trans have performed in drag um, Um, And even the U.S. government um, actually during World War II um, created handbooks on how to put on a drag performance um, and um, asked U.S. soldiers to entertain each other with drag. Ronald Reagan um, appeared in the film version of This is the Army alongside a cadre of patriotic drag queens. So this is this is a basic American expression. Um, And we all should we all. All should be concerned, but the stakes for trans people are so much higher. And even in a place like Rhode Island, um, over the last year, there were five different anti-queer and anti-trans bills that were introduced into the legislature at the state level, um, and they all failed, thank God. Um, But we need to acknowledge that um, there um, is plenty of risk Everywhere in this country, and we still see um, libraries that are afraid to do drag story hour. We've seen harassment um, over just basic LGBTQIA um, two plus programming in public spaces. Um, So this, no one can um, can take any space for granted. Um, And it's especially important for us also to acknowledge everything that's going on um, with the banning of critical race theory, um, because these two things go hand in hand. And if the right sees them as connected, the left needs to see them as connected as well.
0: And we see here the front line in this state anyway has been really at the school board level, you know, people attacking or suing the schools. And really, it's a small kind of peer group of very much so the same people, of course, from district to district, different people come out. Sometimes I think that people who turn up at these types of uh, meetings, whether they're held in some, you know, lodge in the woods of the Northwest or if they're actually held inside a school committee. I'm not convinced that everybody that shows up understands this issue at all, and there may just be some baseline um, ignorance or, or curiosity or concern that can be alleviated with just some basic information. At the same time, there definitely are people who have, in some cases, made a career out of right here in Rhode Island, and in other cases are just sort of on the activist front, really dedicated to the idea of erasing the experiences of anyone that's not just like them they all, they come from sort of a puritanical standpoint and front and center in this conversation of course is the the attempted the i the 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 goal of eliminating the voices and perhaps even altogether eliminating transgender folks and they use this idea of well the school shouldn't be a place where folks are indoctrinated or they have a complete misunderstanding or lack of empathy for students who may not be safe at home and confide in an educator or an educational institution for guidance or for finding some safety. And this movement is very vocal in Rhode Island. And the the concern really is that the person, the random person that doesn't really know anything about the issue is susceptible to the propaganda that they create, and that that snowballs into something bigger. Because I don't think by and large Rhode Islanders or people in general are filled with that kind of hate. But it's been so calculated and so warped that right now we find ourselves in this moment where it does seem like we're teetering in in a space that could go one way or the other, either towards equal rights or further back into the Stone Ages.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're really on that knife's edge. And what I um, always remember is that we have had so many inaccurate depictions of trans people in the media where trans people are are, uh, depicted as deceptive and as a threat to children. Um, and b- when people only know trans people through that lens, and then someone um, who has a, a vested interest um, in um, in in spreading this kind of hate gives them um. Information, um, which we know is really propaganda. um, It's really easy to persuade someone. Um, And it's also um, important um, to my mind as a historian to remember that the right has been using exactly the same playbook for a very, very long time. Um, and particularly um, the rhetoric that we're seeing now um, is that drag um, performers are quote unquote grooming um, children, uh, which is to say that we're going to recruit children to be trans and queer um, and that we're um, childhood Sexual predators, um, which um, is incredibly offensive, um, and is also, there's no basis in fact, whatsoever. But the right knows that they can take this particular propaganda, this particular fear and run with it because that's exactly um, what Anita Bryant was doing in the 70s. Um, And where I find some hope is that we really defeated them when it comes to um, this rhetoric about queer people. And they've had to switch to trans people. And that is in its own way a sort of success. So it proves that we can do it again, um, but it's going to require uh, the entire LGBTQIA two plus community to stand together and to stand with our allies um, and to really take the local level incredibly seriously. Because as you said, the right is doing exactly that. And that's where the left is not good. Uh, We are almost always out-organized at the local level because we simply don't try. Uh, But I know from my own experiences that when we do try, the left knows what to do. Um, We we come from a tradition of union organizing and peace activism and the civil rights movement and of course the queer and trans movement. Um, So we really can do it Um, and there are simply more of us than there are of them on this particular issue.
0: I really agree with that as well. And I think that even someone who would define themselves as neutral, if that is a thing right now, would probably be more inclined to support just open happiness and, <laughs> and joy and and equal yeah. rights. It's the fundamental tenets that that are at stake here. You mentioned the local level, and I think that that is obviously, it's a frontline line. That is, that is ignored on a lot of issues. And we think globally, which is important. I think that's even, or was URI's slogan. Think, think big, we do. Thinking big, thinking globally, there's also a generic slogan. You see it in like the 11th grade English class. Think, think glo- thinking globally is thinking locally or whatever. I don't know. Thinking locally is critical. And, and when you look in your backyard, oftentimes you can solve a tangible problem. Uh, not that you can on the global level. But that collective uh, compilation of local action is really the tidal wave that needs to take place on so many different issues, including this issue of the marginalization and in some cases the erasure of folks who are queer, non-binary, trans, anything gender non-normative, quote-unquote.
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think that it's incredibly important for us to all think about um, the small things that we really can do and then how we can grow them just a little bit bigger. So that could be as simple as um, going to the library and checking out a book about this topic and then maybe sending an email to the library and say, hey, I really value having this. Um, Because those emails are going to really matter. They're going to come up when librarians are arguing that they should be able to do their jobs. Um, And things like um, using the correct pronouns and names for our loved ones um, really is important. And we could take that one step further by correcting people when they make a mistake. And, And that should be done with some understanding and compassion. Um, especially when when appropriate. Um, and um, we can um, t- we can also just find ways to support the survival of trans people in their daily lives. So that can mean um, like when we know that someone in our life is having a rough go, buying them a cup of coffee Um, or we can take it further and donate to a mutual aid organization. Um, And we can make sure that we're doing really simple things like just voting. Um, The LGBTQIA2 plus community does not have the greatest um, voting rate. Um, And I understand why it sucks when you feel like you're um, being held hostage to the Democratic Party uh, because it's like, oh, well, what do I want? Do I want an incredibly hostile um, party to be in power or do I want um, a party that our community has really dragged Towards accepting us, and there's a clear there's a clear choice there, and just uh, just voting, even though it's no one's favorite thing to do, um, is incredibly important.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree, one hundred percent. Dr. Joy Ellison, University of Rhode Island. Um, last couple of minutes here what's your what's your message for your students right now in terms of when you're talking to? I feel like Gen Z has been first with Sunrise Movement and with a lot of the activism on the climate side has been incredibly impressive. But just in terms of expression in general, I find there to be a flattening of the curve, so to speak, in a good way in terms of people following their own instinct on their own identity and accepting the identities of other folks in this world. that definitely is different as you look at different age groups, including my own as millennial. I think that there's a definite shift between those two generations. And, you know, I wonder, what 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 are the conversations like when you're speaking to students right now? Are they filled with horror about the world or are they filled with optimism or a little bit of both?
1: You know, I would say it's a little bit of both. Um, they know, they see very clearly how bad the situation is, but I think they also understand their own power. Uh, and my hope for them is that they can find ways to um, to go beyond individual action and support each other in building movements that have goals and strategies and finding ways just to act collectively, because that's when we're powerful. That's when we become um, a, a movement that really changes things.
0: Couldn't agree more. Dr. Joy Ellison, thank you so much for your time this morning.
1: Thank you. This was my absolute pleasure.
0: Bartholomew Town is brought to you in part by the University of Rhode Island online. Visit uri.edu slash online.